Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And now. Coming to you live from atop the Goldenrod City Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle TCG Cast! Welcome, welcome to episode 12 of the Puckle TCG Cast. Puckle, of course, standing for Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name I did not come up with. With me, I have an array of a magnificent co-hosts. Starting, of course, with a man so respected in the world of Pokemon, it is said that his tears can cure permanent toxic. Too bad he never cries. It's sublime, Manic. I don't think I can make tears anymore. Hello! <laughs> and then we have, introducing for the first time here in the TCG cast, we okay. have... Uh, Man said to be so daring, he once was invited to a wedding as the maid of honor, and he rocked that dress. It's Mr. <laughs> Basket. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> also introducing to the group of the TC cast, the none other than a man who I would have completely created an introduction for if I knew ahead of time that he was going to be with us, but he's here, Mr. Gator. Woo, that's me. Hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> Welcome, guys. And we have an amazing episode for you guys here. We're going to discuss how to get into the TCG because it's a new rotation. It's a new year. We're going to stop rocking these, this season. We're also going to talk about worlds. Um, unfortunately, we don't have Scrawn, who was actually there. Uh, but we will still discuss everything that happened. And But first... There was some big news in the world of the TCG cast, and a new type of card was announced. Let's go ahead and talk about those. Sublime, tell us about GX cards. GX cards just got um, revealed pretty recently. They are not in the game yet, but they will be coming to you soon in the beginning of 2017 as a new mechanic being introduced with Pokemon TCG Sun and Moon. Uh, the most interesting thing about them is, and it's a power creep in a lot of ways, they have a GX attack, which mirrors the Z attacks mm -hmm. in Sun and Moon of the games, and they have an attack that can only be used once per game, and that's, like, you can only use one uh, GX attack per game, not per each GX you have. Yeah. Um, and it so it's similar to... You... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's very similar to when you had an A spec you could run, and you could only have one in your entire deck. 
You can only use a GX attack once per game. Yeah, but you can still have two uh You GX could, but you would only be able to use one of them. Correct. Once. Yes. Um and it's an interesting interesting uh type of attack that it's being introduced. Uh we don't have much information about how the cost except for one card and that it's Norlek GX, which is interesting in itself. Gator, would you like to cover that? Okay, so Japan is getting a promo GX card with their release of Pokemon Sun and Moon, and we are stuck with this this little silly, like, figurines or, you know, whatever you get for pre-ordering, yeah. but they're getting this awesome new card. Yeah. So Snorlax is confirmed that we're, GXs are basics, um, which is really important because that means you can use a Fighting Fury belt on it. And this bad boy's got 190 HP. So you throw on a Fighting Fury belt, you're looking at a 230 hit point attack on this giant creature that flattens things like pancakes. Um, <laughs> it's got the three attacks, one of them being the GX attack. Um, its base, its main attack for three colorless is collapse, do 80 damage, Pokemon's now asleep. Cool. That's fine. Pretty neat. But for five colorless, you can do Roaring Snore, which is 180 damage. You can only be used if the Pokemon's asleep, and if the Pokemon's asleep, not asleep, the attack does nothing. However, with 180 damage, you are knocking out EXs yep. easily. And if you're looking to go to sleep, there's a little Pokemon in the format called Hypno, who can guarantee that your Pokemon goes to sleep. And, of course, Pulverizing Pancake, the GX attack for 210 damage, 220 with the Fighting Fury Belt. This Pokemon is now asleep after it uses the attack. So, you can knock out a Mega EX Pokemon with just your Snorlax GX. So, a well-timed Pulverizing Pancake will pulverize and turn the entire <laughs> team into breakfast. Yep. Of course, it's weak to fighting being a normal type, and it's got a retreat cost of four, so you don't want to get them stuck in the active if you're not set up. Yep. Um, I've seen a lot of little strategies popping up around Snorlax, but he, so far, he's the only completed GX card we've seen. We don't know Solgaleo and Lunala's cost yet. Yeah, which... Is it's pretty sure that they're going to be outrageous as well. We were discussing in our last TCG cast that we, since uh, when Sol Galeo and uh, Lulana were revealed, we didn't know what was the cost. It could have been energies, but it could have been like an extra uh, item, like a, whatever the jewels are needed for sea moves or something. Now we know that, at least for Snorlax, it is an energy requirement, but man, what a requirement. Yeah. Five yeah. energy. Well, well, hold on. Jesus. See, Snorlax traditionally is a card that takes a lot of energy, though. So I don't know if we can use them as the baseline to say what the other GXs are oh, going to be. Oh, completely true. Completely true. And yeah. But, man, five energies. I mean, this is ridiculous. It, you need Sol Galeo's GX, GX attack to, to be able to set up the GX attack for Snorlax. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Five energies, even if they're all colorless, that's that's just too much. I mean, they're Pokemon that do almost the same amount of damage with a lot less. But um, see, we set something up, and then we Ninja Boy into it, and Snorlax is ready to go. True, but it's still five turns. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, no, well, you three, get lucky, you get you lucky get with a few Versus Seekers. Yeah. Or no, not Versus Seekers, Max Elixirs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's doable, just doable. not great. Yeah. We were going to say something, Basket? Um, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, um, just so everybody's clear, um, we have um, we can have as many GX Pokemon as we want, but we can only use one GX attack mm -hmm. per game? Yeah. That's correct, right? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's basically uh, the difference between these and the A-spec cards. So mm -hmm. you could technically have a Sol Galeo and a Lunana in your deck and just use whatever GX attack is best convenient. And this is me saying because we don't know what energies are needed or anything. Right. Um, but that's technically something that you could possibly do. So what do you guys think in general how these GX cards are going to affect the current meta? What do you expect us to see in the following months after these cards are released? Sublime. Um, it really just depends on whether a various GX attack is good or not. Um, from what we've seen of Solgaleo and Lunala, they definitely can be very powerful um, effects. I don't think Snorlaxes is very good, but um, they definitely are going to be something um, to enhance your deck around. It could be like the focus of your deck to get that off, and then you benefit from it for the rest of the game. Um... I don't think they're going to be, like, necessary. Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to be good, people are going to want to use it, but it's not like, oh, if you don't have a specific GX, you're going to lose. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that basket. Um, I think um, uh, I think they'll probably be used mostly for as, like, uh, tech cards in your deck, at least currently. Um, just because, um, I don't know, I could see running, um, like, two or three in your deck if you need, well, probably two tops, um, just for like horrible situations you find yourself in or because you want some added, um, consistency into your deck or whatever. So I think that they, they have potential to become like really good tech, um, cards. And who knows if the, if people are actually going to want to use their GX attacks. I mean, I see my thought is that the GX attack, is most likely not going to be the reason why you're going to have these cards in your deck. At least for now, and that makes total sense, and I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Gator, what's your final thoughts on GXs? I tend to agree with Basket on this one. Uh, just the abilities that Solgaleo and Lunala have are pretty great. Um, Solgaleo giving you a free switch every turn is pretty impressive, um, especially considering something like a fairy deck like I run runs Fairy Garden so that you get the free retreat. Um, you have uh, other decks that are looking for ways to get out of situations. So instead of playing a one-of of a floatstone, why not just play a one-of of Solgaleo, um, provided that it does get the knockout on the bench if somebody does, like, Lysander it in. But um, if you take something like um, Lunala, where that free transfer of psychic energy, I mean, there was a whole Pokemon devoted to that in the fairy deck with the Aromatees. The whole Golduck build is based off of being able to move that energy around freely. So Mega Mewtwo is going to love being able to put that energy wherever it wants it. Mm -hmm. So I think, like Basket said, there are definitely going to be tech cards, if at the very least. Yeah, and... My final thought says is yes. I mean, and we're, your point and baskets is based on the cards we have right now. In terms of GXs though, it's gonna be like every single new type of gimmick in TCG cards. When EX cards began, they weren't good. They were evolutions cards, some of them were good, and then eventually they made them basic and they make them playable. When Mega came in, there was no spirit links. Nobody played uh, Mega Evolutions because it was not worth to lose a whole turn to be able to play them until they introduced Spirit Link. Same thing with Break. The the first Breaks were not that good. People were like, these things are just not playable. And then suddenly we we, we started having things to go around and be able to use Breaks uh, more um, 
in a better sense in the game. Same thing's gonna happen with GX. The first few cards are gonna be good, not great, and suddenly we're gonna get that either item card, toolbar, uh, card that it's gonna say, oh, uh, if this card is attached to an EX Pokemon, reduce their cost of energies by two or something like that, uh, and that will definitely make these cards more playable. It's just a time will tell type of situation. But mm-hmm. moving on to the next is that it's not just GX that we have. And we're going to talk real fast about some of the few new cards that have been released for Evolutions. Now, we talked about this in the last episode about what's our expectations. And we already received and seen some of the new ones. And I just wanted to discuss real quick a few of them. Uh, one of them is Starmie Break. Starmie Break, basically, for one water energy uh energy it does 100 damage to each of your opponent break cards um i don't see this working right now except against greninja uh other than that i don't think so what do you guys think i love that starmie got a break starmie is one of my very favorite pokemon of all time it is unfortunately uh not going to be great at this time because there's no deck that runs a ton of break cards if there ever was, then Starmie would yep. keep it in check, but at this time, it is not the case. Yeah. I th- I, I, okay, so I agree. Um, however, I think that this card maybe um, gives people the option to run more break cards, because the problem that I see with break cards is um, there's no real way to get them all out when you want to, and evolution is... A huge pain so um i don't think it's going to be a huge thing but i think that it might help out yep what about you gator i say it's effectively a stage two running a stage two is tricky is in the best of circumstances when it gives you exactly what you want from it it's not very effective i would have to agree now we have another one that we want to discuss real quick and that is dragonite ex Dragonite EX has an ability called Elevation, and when you play this Pokemon from your hand onto your bench, you may search your discard pile for up to two basic Pokemon and put them back into your hand. Basically, it's a revive on steroids, except it doesn't put them directly into your bench, it does into your hand. Um, of course, its attack is four colorless energies, and it does 130 damage. It's got an, uh, an energy attached to your opponent's active Pokemon, which is not bad, but still four energies is a lot. Um, what do you guys think about Dragonite? I I don't know. I'm tired of uh, Dragonite getting the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> I want a really good Dragonite card, and this is not it. Yeah. I'm going to say not very effective. What about you, Gator? It's just, it's so expensive for the attack, and it's still a two-hit knockout for the attack. So, you're not, it's just not very good. Not very effective? Not very effective. And Sublime? It's not very effective. There's no... There's no room to argue. It's not very effective. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to give it an effective. Just because I see this being played on a Mega Rayquaza deck. Being able to re- it's a it's a colorless Pokemon. Being able to recover two basic Pokemon from your discard pile is pretty good for Mega Rayquaza exclusively because we know that with Parallel City we can lose uh, Pokemon to your discard pile. This Very is one quickly. way of getting them back. Uh, 
but just on that. So three non-effective, one semi-effective. <laughs> Why not just use Super Rod, though? Because that, that would put them back into your deck. That's true, but, like, it'd be three. And you'd yeah. eventually, you would hopefully have the card draw to pull them out. Yeah. Okay, so, moving on to the last one I want to discuss before we move on to the next topic would be Mega Pidgeot EX. Um, Gator, no, Sublime, go ahead and cover that one. Mega Pidgeot or regular Pidgeot? Mega, or both. Alright, so, um, oh, yeah, I might as well go over both. So, Pidgeot EX is colorless, 170 HP. Uh, it, very excitingly, it has the attack Mimic for just one colorless energy. If this Pokemon was damaged by an attack during your opponent's turn, the attack does the same amount of damage to your opponent's active. That's cool. Um, and then Feather uh, Throw does 80 damage for three colorless energy, and it does... 20 to one of your opponent's benched Pokemon on top of the 80. That is not good. But then we have Mega Pidgeot EX, um, which only knows Mach Cyclone. For three colorless energy, you do 130 damage, and you can switch your opponent's active Pokemon. Yep. Or you may allow your opponent to switch. Oh, oh, that's not nearly as good. Oh, you're right. That's yeah. not even as good. Yeah, it's a Gus, <laughs> not a Lysander. So it's... yeah. But when I when I first read that too, I was like, "Wow, this card's gonna be awesome." And then I reread it, and I was like, "Wow, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind." <laughs> even if it were good, there's so many effects in the game right now to switch out uh, yeah. that it wouldn't even be like worthwhile. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go first on this one and say not very effective on both of these. Um, it's interesting. It's not a horrible card. I mean, it still the ability to escape rope or gust as uh, gator said your opponent every turn can be freaking annoying for them but i can't see this any to be anything more than that an annoyance not something that will cripple your opponent so not very effective for me how about you gator i'm, I'm gonna call it effective i think i could see a deck running this um as long as this was like the main point of their deck was an annoying deck um <laughs> So I definitely wouldn't call it a, 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 a S-tier deck, but i definitely call it a rogue deck if somebody wanted to play it. Um, so I'm going to call it effective, but with the colorary that it doesn't do very much damage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basket. Uh, for me, um, I, I like the idea of Mimic, but the problem, uh, and this is on the, the EX, um, but the problem with that is that its HP is 170. Mm-hmm. In the current meta, we're trying to knock out 170 HP Pokemon. And um, uh, because of this attack... Um, see, my problem was I liked I liked it at first. Because you just throw a colorless energy... Or you throw any energy down on this Pidgeot EX. And bam, you can throw um, uh, your opponent's attack right back in its face. But you're not going to be able to do that with enough... Um, uh, with 170 HP and actually do any real damage before you yourself end up losing two prize cards because now your Pidgeot EX couldn't deal enough damage and is now um, uh, and now it's the opponent's turn. Yep. But you can use a Fighting Fury Bell. True. You can. You can. Uh, um, my problem, and I'm with Beskin this, uh, and we didn't. I didn't rate Pidgeot EX. Um, but my problem is. This part of the attack. If this Pokemon was damaged by an attack, if it would have said, if this Pokemon can use an attack your opponent used on the previous turn, that would be an amazing because you can. Switch yeah, that would in. be. Well, I mean, Zoroark has that. Exactly. Zoroark uh, break has in, that already. 
and do the attack. For one colorless, that would have been freaking amazing. And I could see this being played one off in every deck. But, because it's received to this damage to this Pokemon, I just can't see it being any, any good. So I, I also do not give Pidgeot EX a not very effective. Gator, we skipped you on Pidgeot EX. What's your, what's your, I mean, uh, go? I think it's, it's splashable with that attack. Um, anytime you have a colorless Pokemon, you always have to consider that it could be splashable anywhere, mm -hmm. so you never know where it's going to show up. Um, but again, it's just like the, the Mega, it's, it's okay-ish. It's not great. Yeah. Not very effective too. And, uh, Basket, uh, your opinions on Mega Pidgeot? Um, Mega Pidgeot, um, yeah, I mean, if it didn't have that critically lame, you may have your opponent switch... Um, then it would be awesome. But mm -hmm. since the opponent can choose which one, then I'm never going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> not, so, very not very effective. <laughs> okay, and Sublime, your thoughts on both cards? I think they're both mediocre. Um, the more I think about Mimic, the more I see how you can do different cards with it. Like, because it only costs one, and you could put on a Fighting Fury belt, so you'd have 210 um, HP, you could actually play a lot with um, Max Potion, Mm, yeah. uh, and then attach one energy every turn, so you wouldn't be knocked out the next turn, but even then, like, that is a lot of investment for a not very effective strategy in the first place. And the fact and that I feel your so opponent mm -hmm. can choose, right? Your opponent can right. get a, understand where you're going with this and just right. change his strategy. Right, and then concerning Mega Pidgeot, like, the fact that that's a Mega that's only doing 130 damage for 3 energy with a mediocre side effect is... Depression. unredeemable <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it's kind of funny because it reminds me of mega pidgeot in the re uh, regular video game because it's like <laughs> oh the fans love it but it's not very good i was so thinking, not I was very effective at all that like um my excitement for the um mega pidgeot ex card <laughs> was the same as my excitement for pidgeot ex just Right. Wow, this is so cool. This looks so cool. I'm so excited for this. Oh my god, this sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's yeah. nice that they're giving homage to Pidgeot, In but every it's way. a shame that it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, let's just say that uh, this is a true tribute to Pidgeot in every sense. It's a cool-looking, beautiful Pokemon that is just sucks. And the full art is gorgeous. Yes, it is. The full art yeah. is very beautiful. I love it's it. It's really cool. Yep. Okay, so let's... Oh, that's good the, for collectors. Oh. <laughs> good for so collectors. That's, that's the yeah. end of our news section in our uh, breaking card reviews on Starmie Break. Uh, Dragonite EX, Mega Pidgeot EX, in, and Pidgeot EX. So we're going to move on to our first topic, which we're going to talk about Worlds 2016. See you guys after these messages. Beat up Pigeons, Pidgeot Emporium. We got Pidgeys, Pidgeotos, Pidgeots, and all your basic flying normal type Pokemon. Need a Farfetch? Got it. Need a Dairy Roll? Got it. Need a Staravia? Got it. Need a P-Dub? Got it. Need an average flying type Route 1 exclusive Pokemon? We got it. One more time, that's Peter Pigeons, Pidgeot Emporium. One final time, that's Peter Pigeons, Pidgeot Emporium. Go check us out today and tell the Puckle TCG cast that you for a 20% discount. Wow, we a 20% discount? No, make that a 25% discount. Do I have to make a 30? There it is, 30% discount. Ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da and so for that 30% discount, Peter Pigeon's Pidgeot Emporium. If we don't have it, it is an average. Welcome back. 
me and the guys are gonna discuss the top three decks plus one um that won worlds so let's go ahead and start with that in third place it was quite an interesting deck i like this deck I could have never predicted that this was a deck that will be top three in Worlds, and that is Valplume Toolbox. Sublime, would you like to work, uh, talk this out? I would. Um, so Valplume Toolbox is interesting because Valplume, very famously, is the item lock for both players just by existing. But <laughs> it's usually paired with a Grass-type partner. Um, we've seen a lot of variants to it recently. And this looks like a really, really interesting variant in that it doesn't focus on a specific attacker. Yeah. It just has a plethora of options, including Jolteon EX, Glaceon EX, Aegislash EX, Eveltal EX, um, and Magirna for support. So mm -hmm. it's running all Steel Energy, primarily. Well, it had Rainbow Energy um, and Double Colorless, but I believe Magirna... Oh, that's why, because Rainbow Energy would count as Steel Energy with Magirna. Yes. Um... Yeah, so this deck item locks, and then you can use whatever attacker works best for the situation. So it's very versatile, um, and you can accommodate to whatever you're competing against. Yep. And with the inclusion of Ninja Boy, it makes your choices a lot better, because you can definitely um, adapt to whatever you need. Uh, this is this is half what I planned on my custom Jolteon EX deck. It was exactly that, uh, except that I was using Mew, uh, and I didn't have Valplum, which is you know, half the deck. Um, and whatever the situation I needed, if my opponent had a fully evolved Pokemon, then I would Ninja Boy to Glacian if my, uh, and use Muse Attack with a Rainbow Energy to use the ability with a Rainbow Energy to use Glacian's Attack and so forth. Uh, it was kind of like a Jolteon EX Glacian Toolbox deck. But this one combines it with Valpung, and I think that itself is genius. Basket, what do you think about this deck? Well, I mean, I, I love this deck because, um, I think that, um, I mean, it was, it was a really, really, really solid meta choice because, um, I think that probably one of the, um, one of the best, uh, counters to Night March, which, I mean, basically everything was either Night March or a counter, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, was, um, uh, Water Toolbox and Greninja. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I love it. It, it, it. Okay, so like the Mega Autono deck, yeah. it knows what the meta is, what everybody's going to try and fight, and takes um, the best from both of those ideas and then turns them into a liability. Yep, like, I totally agree. Against this deck, against mm -hmm. the Vileplume Toolbox, they become liabilities, and I like it a lot. And it's also proof that people are saying, oh, these Pokemon like Jolteon EX and uh, Sesmitoad EX, although I know it's no longer in rotation, um, oh, they die with the inclusion of Pokemon Ranger. And no, this is proof. I mean, this deck made it all the way to the finals in a meta which included Pokemon Ranger, and every single deck uh, included a Pokemon Ranger. Uh, and it's because, yes... It sucks that your ability of that attack gets eliminated by Ranger, but they still need to use Ranger every turn in order for them to do what they need to do. You're basically blocking them from using the actual support card that they want to use, which is, you know, still something that you're benefiting from. Um, what about you, Gator? What's your thoughts on Valpum Toolbox? I like that it's the only deck in top 8 that made use of Ninja Boy. Yeah. Um, 
Ninja Boy got a lot of hype going into this, but it ended up not seeing that much play really. Or people uh, it was just kind of a one off. Or... Yep. Yeah, it just it wasn't very great. Um, and then it also included Trevenant EX, which I liked. I liked that call on it because, like you said, with Greninja being so prevalent as well as a Night March counter and Water Toolbox, having that Trevenant break for that uh, double damage with the Grass Energy, plus Dark Forest attack that it has, which the defending Pokemon can't retreat in your opponent's next turn, mm-hmm. um, that's excellent. Because then when you Ninja Boy into something, you can pick your attacker and decide what's going to decimate the opponent. Yep. So I thought it was a really good call for this deck. The deck list is nice. It's really thinned down. Um, I don't see any problems with this deck. I thought it was great. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Sublime? Sublime? I was muted, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to what Vileplume will be doing post-rotation because a lot of this deck still remains. Still, yeah. Only AG Slash, EX, and AC are really the two cards, I think, that are no longer in rotation. Yeah. Everything else stays, so it's it's going to remain intact. So Sa- this is the deck played by Samuel Hugh. Congratulations, Samuel, on being top three in Worlds. Uh, and we're going to move on to a next card that is close to my heart because I love this deck, even though I recognize <laughs> its faults. But it made it. It made it all the way up to second place. And Basket, I know you're a hater of this deck. <laughs> this is why I want you to introduce it. Okay. <laughs> so this is uh, Greninja Break and Talonflame. Um, it's uh, it it okay. It is a fantastic deck <laughs> if it gets set up. Yeah. If you get that Talonflame in there, you have all the time in the world. To set up your Greninjas, um, use uh, have Frogadier use uh, um, water duplicates to set up all the other Frogadiers without having to go and uh, um, evolve the rest of your Frokies. For those of you that aren't familiar with how the deck works, um, and uh, yeah, you get that you get that turn one Talonflame, and you are set and ready to go. Yeah. That doesn't happen. You're done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in worlds, exactly in the we, finals. In oh the finals, we see and the weakness of geez. this deck played out at the finals in worlds, where it just he just drew bad. There's he didn't get anything that he needed at all. And with, um, go ahead. Oh, um, I was gonna say, and um, with the amount of times that even if you have you know like just the most consistent deck in the meta, the amount of times that you'll still draw dead. Mm-hmm. Um, is really upsetting, and to ha- and the reason why Greninja um, Break isn't uh, that fantastic of a deck to me overall is because of the fact that you know um, it just has that big, in my view, a pretty big flaw, and uh, um, so I-, I can't trust it as a player. I can't trust it. It's just, it's, it has that trade, right? What, what we call the price trade. Because it doesn't use any EXs. So yeah. it can't afford to lose at the beginning and then eventually catch up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the probabilities of this deck are, you know, 50-50, giving it the best or worst. But it still works. I mean, this deck made it all the way to second place. It's much like last year when uh, Blastoise uh, won. And that's a a card that completely depended on setup. Like, you needed a Blastoise in your discard pile. You need to have Archie's Ace in a Hole to be the last card on your hand. 
and he was able to pull it off and won world's championships. So it's it's really is it really is a 50-50 deck. Uh, Gator, what's your what's your two on this? I like that they acknowledged the weaknesses of the deck when they built it. Um, that Talonflame inclusion I thought was excellent. Um, nobody was expecting Talonflame to do as well as it did. It's the perfect card to add to a deck that's starting off slow because you've got that 50% chance that you're going to get one in your opening hand, and when you do, you're drawing two cards. You're not even drawing two cards. You're searching your deck for two cards, which is the perfect amount of setup. Uh, that 40 damage is great. Um, I like that they acknowledge that they are down in the prize trade by including the Ace Trainer in there. Yep. Which, if you don't know, Ace Trainer, um, you can only play if you have more prize cards than you le- left than your opponent. Mm-hmm. Then each player will shuffle their hand in their deck, and then you draw six, and your opponent draws three. Yep. So that's a great way of countering and taking advantage of that early prize trade. So I thought it was a great deck. Those bursting balloons really hurt when they were attached. No, um, which we have to talk about those. Thank you for bringing them up, because that was... Genius against Nightmarch. Yeah, because those bursting balloons do sixty damage if your opponent's if your opponent knocks out your Pokemon um, during the turn after you play it. So if Nightmarch wants to swing in, unless they have a Fighting Fury belt attached, they're getting knocked out. Yep. So it was a great inclusion, and I like this deck. Yeah. Uh, Sublime. I love it. Making sure I'm not muted. Um, I love it. Um, <laughs> I think. Greninja Break is a really strong deck. I personally don't like playing it myself for similar reasons to Basket, just because it requires so many cards to be not prized. And if you watch that final battle, um, oof, the prizes (laughs) really hurt. Um, I also love that um, Talonflame was so successful in it, because when we covered that card on this podcast, I said it was super effective, and a lot of people are like, why would anyone say it's super effective? (laughs) And it came in second place in Worlds, so y'all can go home. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Yes, I was one of those uh, heathens who said that that card is not good, (laughs) and I still, still think that it was good on that deck. But if it's good in a deck, any card that's good in a specific deck is good. Uh, that's true. That's why I gave an, a super effective mm-hmm. to Dragonite EX on when we were reviewing it. Uh, because that's I true, see yeah. why it could be good on a Mega Rayquaza deck. Um, and you're right. In my problem with this, and we already covered this, but real quick, is the fact that, yeah, you got it on your first turn. You're bomb. That means that the other three cards that are being in your deck just now are useless, right? It's it's space well, that There's worse things. Yeah. yeah, it's I mean, if you think about it roller um the rollerblades when that was a card, yeah. people would run a lot of it for very explosive card draw, but if you flip tails, it is a useless card. It is. And that still saw a lot of success. And Talonflame is in a similar situation to that. Yep. And also the odds were actually even better um with this deck because it only ran the only other basic was Froakie and only 3 Froakie, not even 4. Yep. Because the more important thing is a Frogadier's water duplicate. Yep. Right. Yes, definitely. So I'm point. very much um, happy with this deck's performance. Yep. Okay, and that deck, of course, was played by Cody Wilinski. He won second place at the Pokemon World Championship. Congratulations, Cody. Uh, and uh, well played. I love this deck, and I love that you took it all the way to second place. Of course, last but certainly not least, a deck that no one, not even, it's not the point that nobody knew it could do this. Nobody knew it existed. 
This deck came out of nowhere and just destroyed. Yeah, Gator, take us over this deck. So we have Mega Audino EX. When uh, Shintaro Ito first showed up on stream, which he showed up on like day one, mm-hmm. um, they could not find a. They did not even have a Mega Audino picture to put up on the stream. Like, they were so ill-prepared for this card that they had to call in a judge for translation because the American player did not know about it. Um, The judge didn't have any idea what it said, so they had to go get a translator and look it up. And like I said, on stream, they couldn't even do it, so they had to, like, Google it to find out what Mega Audino did. Um, Mega Audino was the perfect counter for Night March. With Magical Symphony doing 110 damage to the attacking to whoever's the active, and then 50 damage to one of the opponent's bench Pokemon, I'd argue that it's also a really good counter to the Greninja deck, too. Because Greninja's not hitting that massive HP that Mega Audino has at 220. It's just not It's not happening. So this was the perfect... Fully, it needs to be fully set up in order to be able to do that. Exactly. And as a colorless Pokemon, they picked Steel for support and took advantage of that Magurnia, which prevents all the effects of the opponent's attacks except damage done to your Pokemon with any Steel energy attached. So then it was also helping against the um, the Quaking Punch from the Water Toolbox deck. And it was just, it was the perfect call for the metagame at Worlds. This is no, by no means the deck you should be playing now, but <laughs> yeah. for that tournament, that it was perfect. No, this, yeah, this deck was just so much of a breath of fresh air. It's, uh, you weren't expecting this at all. Uh, Shintaro Ito read the world meta and said, this is the deck to build. This is what's going to take me to first place in world. And he did it. He did it. And I'm still flabbergasted. Um, see, I learned a new word. About it, because it's so amazing. We have Mega Ardino, which nobody knew it existed. You got Magirna, Kabalian. Who plays Kabalian? We have Absol. Just such cards that no one plays. This deck came out of nowhere and took first place. It's just incredible. Sublime, what do you think? You're muted. Yep, yeah, I'm muted. It's <laughs> because I'm like, there's sounds going on, I don't want to interrupt the podcast. Uh, I definitely agree that this was a brilliant call for Worlds specifically, and this is always the case with Worlds. Um, the metagame that normally exists is not the metagame that will exist at Worlds, because people are thinking about what other people are going to be bringing for this one specific tournament, and... Um, Mega Adina was brilliant for this one specific tournament. We just had a rotation, and we got rid of Night March anyway. And because Mega Adina was very strong against Night March specifically, um, which is why it did so well in part, it is no longer something you should be using or even considering, probably. But absolutely brilliant um, rogue choice to be successful with for that event. I heard it. I heard a great quote. It was, uh, "Night March will get you to worlds, but Mega Aldino will win it." Like that was <laughs> like you want to play. You want to play the meta to get there, but once yeah. you get there, switch it up. Yeah. Just... Basket, what do you think? So, I mean, this deck. I mean, I'm just gonna be gushing over it. Like it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, this deck legitimately was the perfect like pick because everything that was going on was Night March or Night March counters. 
And with 110 base damage plus 50 to the bench, how many how many Night March counters, or all Night March counters, right? They don't have like a single card other than like breaks, than like Greninja Break that's going to um, uh, live through a 110 base damage hit. Yeah. And then 50 to the um, to the bench that's just weakening anything that they've got there and just softening and it up. And knocking down the... Joltix by the dozens. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not even, like, at this point, the, the reason why I was so impressed with the Mega Audino deck, like, wasn't even that it did so well against Night, against Night March, because you look at the card, and you're like, oh, 110 base plus 50, yeah, that's going to wreck Night March. But it's also the fact that it wrecks Greninja, it, it like, it'll wreck, like, um, uh, uh, Trevenant, It'll wreck, um, uh, or it has potential to, <laughs> at least. Um, it's got potential against Yveltal, which saw a really, which uh, saw a good size, sh- uh, mm-hmm. showing. Um, and it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I couldn't be more impressed with this choice. I feel like this guy was probably like us just looking at the meta and being like, well, I guess I'm g- probably going to have to play one of these decks. And then he's like, you know what? And like goes on to like, um, you know, whatever website and is just looking through all the cards, just like, come on, there has to be something. There has to be something nobody's going to see. And then he saw this and he's like, oh my God, I found it. I found <laughs> he it. He took his class, his glasses off and we're like, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shot. Yeah. Like the anime surprise, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, so I that mean, was Shintaro Ito winning worlds with Mega Adeno. Yeah. My respects to the man. It's also the first time in five years Japan took home the championship. Um, so many congrats and respects to him. So we have to move on because now we take to our second topic. Uh, after oh, the uh, oh. Jushiro, yep. I'd, I'd hate to interrupt you on this. But I think we have to give a, a final farewell and a shout out to Night March. Oh, the yes. fact that that deck got more championship points awarded to it than the next best deck doubled is a testament to just how good that deck was. Yeah. I mean, it's dead now. Yep. But rest in peace, Night March. You broke the format. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. I loved Night March. I, I thought it was. It yeah. Especially it's- considering what our next topic is. I yeah. think it definitely deserves its commendations. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a deck that really I can say that it's one of a kind of what it did, not what it was. Um, because it was a deck that, like Gator said, broke the meta. It's super che- cheap to build. Anyone could build that deck. And it was just such a surprise to everyone. Uh, and it was fun, a lot of fun to play. It was an overall perfect deck in that sense. It was fun to play, it was incredibly strong, and it was cheap to build. I mean, you got the trifecta right there, and everybody knows that when you have triple something, that's the best, like triple fudge brownies. <laughs> you know, it's just so good. Um, and it just eventually became, what was the quote from Batman? Uh, Either you die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. <laughs> and I think that applies 100% to, uh, to Night March where it just took over the meta so much that eventually it was just like, oh, damn you, Night March. You're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yep, yeah, it's gone. It's dead. It's still in expanded, but even in expanded, it has a few problems considering it's not, Karen. It's not great. Yeah. yeah, and Karen's gonna come over, and that card alone will destroy Night March. So, thank you, Night March, for all the memories and all the fish and. <laughs> See you in expanded. So we are gonna move on to their next topic, which will be how do you get into the TCG as a starter? And we're back, and we are going to discuss and teach you guys, our lovely listeners, how to start in the TCG. Uh, of course, we heard the Puckle episode where they discuss how to start in the competitive. We are going to cover the competitive, but also how to start in the TCG in general uh, if you have no cards. So let's go ahead and start just talking about this. What are your uh, guys? What are your your tips on how we can start? I know I have one, so I'll start. Uh, theme decks. We're just having the discussion offline about how theme decks could help you, but in opinions of others, it could hamper you itself. Uh, my defense on theme decks, of course, those who don't know what theme decks are, these are the decks that come out with every set. They are roughly $12, uh, and they are a fully built deck based on the new cards of that current set. And what I like about theme decks is not that they're particularly good. It is because they they are designed to teach you the basics, how everything works. Uh, it makes you go through having to pay for retreat. It makes you go into the, wow, I really need this, this supporter and I have no way to draw it. And it makes you, it's like, you really don't know hunger until you're starved for three days. It's kind of like my point on theme decks. They're not good. Some of them are. Like Greninja, for example. Greninja is an amazing good theme deck because it can easily be modified to do Greninja Break, which we just discussed as the second best deck in Worlds. Um, so there are some that are really good, but it, they're there to teach you the fundamentals. What do you guys think? I think theme decks are a great way just to learn the rules of the game before you become more serious in, like, building a really good deck. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with, like, you and a friend buying theme decks and playing with pro presumably balanced against each other yeah. theme decks to learn the ins and outs of just how to play the game in person. Yep. What about you, Basket? So, um, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think that um, uh, the best way to do would be to get, like, um, uh a deck based off of like a world, um, uh, champion winner. Um, that, that, that's, that's how I started. Um, and I, because I think if you learn how that deck was played specifically, um, like it'll, it'll increase the flow of knowledge really quickly because a, you're going to find out why these things happen, why these things don't happen. The next time when you build your own deck or you're playing another deck, you're going to realize, 
why these huge cards aren't working um, correctly in your new deck that you just made. And it's going to basically kind of like bludgeon you over the head, like just over and over again saying like, you need to think about your card choices. You need to think about um, uh, like, because to me, to me, the most important thing is learning how, um, uh, I guess how to, how to, um, how to change your, uh, other people's decks because once a meta gets going, that's all it is, is you're basically using other people's decks and learning how to, um, uh, rearrange them and create something that you know is going to work for you. You really have to kind of like, um, try all these weird, crazy decks and all these weird, crazy tech cards in those decks to really be able to do that. And I think that the best way to start is to start with somebody else's um, uh, fantastic deck. My counter to that would be, though, that that's much more expensive as a starting point. Mm -hmm. Well, Well, um, especially if you're trying to build a deck that is like competitive, there's so many support cards, EX cards that are in those decks that are not cheap necessarily. No, no, no. And but the same deck will teach you for like twelve bucks or something. I'm talking about getting like the actual world's version, like you know, yeah, how... the, the the world theme decks that come out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. The problem yeah, with that... those is that you can't use them in real play. But uh, before we get to the counter <laughs> of that counter, <laughs> let's go over to Gator who has. A similar thought at you, basket. I would I would argue that you can't use a regular theme deck most times in regular play either, so you're just still wasting that money. <laughs> well, but um, you do get some supporters and trainers that you do need. Yeah, That's but true. here's here's my thing. I'm also taking the opposite approach because Basket and I just recently got started in the game. Um, the thing is, there's so many bad habits you pick up when you're playing theme decks. Mm-hmm. You need to be comfortable throwing cards in the in the discard pile, like period. You need to be comfortable running four ofs. You need to be comfortable with EXs. That doesn't happen when you're dealing with a theme deck. You, If you're doing deck building at, at all, you're not putting two lines of two, two, two. You're not doing stage twos. You're not doing two different separate lines of stage twos in a regular deck. Like, it's just not happening. If, if your argument for using theme decks is that they teach you the rules, I say go to Pokemon Trading Card Game Online and learn the rules off of there. Like, if, if you're a new person starting out and before you get into physical cards, I know we're going to talk about Pokemon cards online, but it's just, it's makes so much more sense to start in a medium where it's free. You can learn the rules and then I think your best bet is to start net decking something. You can build a budget deck for pretty cheap. And as far as the expense goes, for buying supporters, you're going to have to just bite the bullet and buy the supporters. Like, most of them are going to get reprinted, so it's not like you're going to be out of the cards. So, uh, like Versus Seeker, if you bought Versus Seeker before, Versus Seeker's still going to be good for this format. Um, it's the same with Sycamore, it's the same with N. Like, they're usually, they come back, or they're reprinted, just bite the bullet, get the supporters. Um, that's that's my whole view. Like I cannot, I cannot support theme decks. They're just they're 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 arguably terrible, and you, they teach you bad habits. Would be my point. And and I understand that. My counter to that counter is you can't become an expert if you don't understand the fundamentals. You that this is why the way I like when I first started out, I started out the theme decks like I was saying, and it wasn't until, and I would play it and I learned the fundamental, and by learning the fundamental, it's how how I understood how to break them. 
because you understand that these rules are meant to be broken and they're cards that help you break these. It's like studying for law. You can't be a lawyer if you don't understand the law. By knowing the law, you learn how to break them into your advantage. I always constantly keep uh, telling people that a TCG game, any Pokemon included, it's like lear learning to be a lawyer. You learn the rules of the game and of each card and then learn how to twist it to your advantage. Um, and I feel that themed gets, theme decks do that really good. For someone like, I know you, Gator, your advantage is you used to play Magic the Gathering. So you mm -hmm. have a fundamental understanding of a TCG. And that, if, if our listeners already are, uh, familiar with a TCG, that being Magic the Gathering, that being, uh, Hearthstone, then you don't really need this. This is not for you. You already have that fundamentals down. This is for people who've never played a TCG in their life. Um, and they want to get in. They need to understand what a TCG is, a trading card game. And I think theme decks do that really well. So, but we, let's move on to the second aspect. It's deck building, right? You, so you learn how to play the game, as uh, uh, we said. Uh, and then there's, there's deck building, which is a lot of fun. And Basket, you recently built one. Tell us <laughs> about it. Oh, man. I, I love it so much. It's my baby. Um, but that's a problem, and that's a problem that I'm uh, <laughs> starting to realize uh, how big of a problem it is, is that when you are making your first deck, or probably even your 50th deck, um, uh, you don't know if um, your emotional investment <laughs> is, <laughs> is, too, is too high so that you can't actually see whether the deck's good or not. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I'm desperately um, trying to uh, find a way to um, make the deck that I'm working on currently um, not just a uh, um, surprise deck. Um, something so that it would actually like be able. I would actually be able to play it uh, at more than a few tournaments. But um, basically, did you want me to give you give it a rundown? Well, I'm not the deck itself, but. What it is to to build a deck? Okay, yeah. So, um, basically, um, for me, um, it's it starts with a card. Mm -hmm. You see a card, um, uh, typically a Pokemon or um, a really really interesting supporter like um, Ninja Boy, um, because I I mean I truly believe that that. Uh, um, that grass toolbox, or not grass, but uh, Vileplume toolbox deck mm -hmm. that we talked about. Yeah. Um, I think that that guy saw, you know, the potential Ninja Boy, and was like, um, "I'm gonna make this," <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think once you, um, it just starts with looking at something, seeing the potential for it. And then trying to turn that potential into consistency. And consistency is the biggest keyword yeah. right there. Um, 
It's the whole reason why I don't like flipping cards. Cards that you flip a coin. It's just, I yes. need consistency in my deck. I need to know that uh, when I play a card, it will have the effect expected, not a 50% chance. That's completely yeah. true. And that, and that, and you, and you described it perfectly. It's much like building a team for VGC, for the video game. It is finding that one or two cards that might have synergy with each other and say, hey, I can make this into a deck. I can make this stra- base strategy, this end game goal, and be the strategy of that deck. Gator, you have anything? I think that, like I said on the regular show, when we were talking about getting into anything competitive, that um, it's going to sound harsh, but you're not special. Um, <laughs> if you're just getting into this, you have no clue what you're doing. You're getting in way over your head. You need to net deck. And by net deck, I mean you find a list online and you build that list. Find something that's proven, tested, and somebody that knows more than you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think, like, 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 uh, like you said, you're not good on your first deck. You're probably not good on your fiftieth deck. You just accept the fact that you're you're gonna suck because, <laughs> su- like, what what is the line from Rick and Morty? Uh, Sucking at something is the first step to being pretty good at something. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like, just embrace that. Like, we used to talk about this in Drum Corps. Embrace the suck. Like, it's terrible now. Get over it. You know, you're not special. You're not You're yeah. not original. Build the deck that you know is going to work. And then once you start figuring out why your deck works, and you start figuring out why your opponent's decks work, once you've unlocked that, then you're start more qualified to start building your own decks. Yep. Yeah, once but- you have a strong understanding of what goes into this game... Then start branching out and making it on your own. I'm pretty sure Basket has gotten to the point where he has a strong understanding of what's going on in this game, which is why he's starting to make his own. But like, as for me, any deck I've tried to make on my own has been terrible. Mm-hmm. So, no, but that's part of learning. <laughs> you just explained that right now. It's that yeah, yeah, you are terrible, but by doing it, you understand how terrible it is and how you can get better at it. But your suggestion is also equally great, which is yes, find a deck list online. Build that deck. Because even though it won't teach you immediately how to build a deck, because it's already been built, it helps you understand why cards need to synergize. Why this card... Like I always say, every spot in a deck is gold. You you can't just put a one-off just because. It has to have a reason. Because these cards... Are the cards that might say win you or lose a game for you? So you need to exactly. know why everything works together. Sublime. Um, my advice would be um, just to invest in items and trainer cards and support cards, just because um, they're the most reusable cards that you will ever acquire. Yeah. Um, if you make a different deck around a different Pokemon, all of the Pokemon might change. Your energy might change. But very commonly, if you invest in good supporters and good item cards, you will use those for the majority of decks that you make in a lot of instances. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so and you when you're looking at starting to build, make sure you develop a good um, inventory of items and supports. Yeah, yeah like I was going to say with to, to Shiro's point, if you build enough decks that aren't your own, you're going to realize that, hey, every deck runs Sycamore and N. <laughs> hey, every deck's running Ultra yeah. Ball. Maybe I should include those cards. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. So let's move on because uh, we are short on time. But let's talk about everyone's favorite software, which is PTCGO, Pokemon Trading Card Game Online. And this is uh, yeah, one baby. hell of a tool. 
Uh, number one, because it's free, and everything free is awesome. Uh, Sublime, let's talk about PTCGO. Yeah, I only play on the PTCGO, and I consider myself someone who plays the Pokemon card game, but I only play in that format. Um, it's digital, I don't have to worry about where I'm storing my cards or their condition or any of that. It's much cheaper, um, and you have every card in existence. Um, so I'm a huge proponent of it. Like, I do this podcast, I consider myself one of the main co-hosts on it, and I don't play the card game physically very often, if at all. It, I play almost exclusively on PTCGO. Um, so if you wanted to play the card game, like, that is a perfectly authentic and viable way to be doing that, and to experience it, and to enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Gator. How are we getting to Pokemon Worlds? Practice, practice, practice. Yep. PTCGO is the best format for practicing. There, It does not care what time of day it is. It does not care how you look, how you feel, how you're getting out of bed. You can always hop on and find somebody to play you in standard. So and if you're looking to... don't be scared of playing the, uh, versus. Everyone is there to learn. Exactly. So you're going to hop on, you're going to get beat a lot, mm -hmm. but it's going to teach you a lot. Um, entering the tournaments will get you card packs, and the best thing about PTCGO is if you do buy physical cards in packs, you're getting twice the value, mm -hmm. because then you can then redeem those packs online. But, here's the but, if you have card packs that are unlocked, do not open those packs. Use those packs to trade for cards that you need. Because packs, packs are the currency on there. You're going to get a lot of packs from just playing that are locked. Yeah. That means the cards can only be used by you. Open those packs to your heart's content. But as you're cracking packs in real life, save those PTCGO packs mm -hmm. because they are gold. Right now, I, I, I missed out on an excellent opportunity yesterday to trade for something because I didn't have the right amount of packs I needed. Yeah. And I needed the card for my deck. So it's what happens. Yep. In basket. Also, I'm sorry, um, can I just throw in one more yeah, comment yeah. about the um, codes that you unlock? Um, because I only play online, instead of buying cards that can be like, how much is a shaman going for right now? I don't even know. No, the point is, um, I can buy a set of 36 codes to unlock 36 packs for like 10 bucks. Yeah, so it's, um, even if you're willing to invest money, it's much cheaper, cheaper than playing physically well. as well. Yeah, you can, what a whole box of 36 costs in real life $100, it's just 10 to $12 online. For digital. So, Basket. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Shaman, Shaman just went up. It's now $75 for the oh, regular card, not even the full art. Wow. Yeah, my, my, two, my two full art Shamans right now are worth like $85 a piece. It's <laughs> ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But yeah, um... But, yeah, so online, they're not that expensive. <laughs> um, and uh, um, When you say online, of course, he meant uh, digital. Yes, yes, on, yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, the PTCGO is um, taking up a lot of my life, <laughs> and I love it. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and uh, um, also, you can have it on your phone. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say the website. Um, yeah, if you, we if can, someone we can do an article someone... about that, I know what you're talking about and it's great, but I think we should yeah. leave that for an article. Um, yeah. Or even, or even just message me or ask, um, uh, uh, 
Jushiro. Yep. Um, and we'll we'll let you know what it is, uh, like how to get it. But it's it's fantastic. And then you have it um, on your phone on, everywhere you on go. your phone, and you don't have to worry about um, uh, bringing your computer to play it, or, or having to be near a computer, or having to hold a um, Chromebook in, or not a Chromebook, but a um, yeah tablet tablet in front of you or anything like that. So then, literally, you know, you you got a um, you got a I don't know. You're hanging out with your friends, but uh, you need a you need to go and take a little BM, you know. Then uh, you just pull it out and you can you can get in the game. You know, it's like yep. everywhere and ease of use is really important uh, for getting into this sort of thing. Um, just you have to because... be comfortable to be able to play when you want to play. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And, um, Sorry to cut you uh, off there, yeah. Basket. How about uh, the fact that we can also play against each other? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's interesting, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, you can, I mean, you could have, like, a whole um, Pokemon team that, you know, doesn't meet in real life until they go to Nationals or something like that. Um, that just practices on online because you can friend people on there and then, um, uh, and then battle them whenever you want or trade. Um, it's, it's really fantastic. Great. So the other, uh, the opposite to the PTCGO would be the Pokemon League play, which you go to your local store and you play. And this is also something that I highly recommend because you play digital all the time. But there's some things that you do learn outside because, like, Gator knows well, Pokemon or, and sorry, any TCG is not just about the cards, it's about the opponent, the player. And there is methods of learning your opponent's mannerism or whatever you need to look at them, faces they make, because you are trying to read what they are going to do. If you see them that they're counting, uh, you're, they're looking at their discard pile, or they're looking at your discard pile, or they're counting how many, uh, cards they have in your hand, they have in their hand, or how they're organizing those cards. And sometimes I had the bad habit of wanting to put energies together with trainers and organize my hand. And I realized that's really a mistake because eventually your opponent catches on of what you're doing when you when he sees you play one card from one side of your hand he realizes oh he's placing pokemons in those uh, in this side or he's placing trainers in, in the middle so those tells are important also to learn to control and also catch on your opponent what do you guys think about pokemon play real quick yeah um that's a that's a really good um uh that's a really good suggestion Jushiro, to watch to watch um your uh to watch your tells. Um, mm-hmm. like I, um, I play poker with my friends. Um, and, uh, um, it's a huge, it's a huge giveaway. Yep. Um, you gotta know what, you gotta be conscious of yourself when you're sitting in front of another person. Um, uh, because any facial expressions you make, you know, like you do a little smirk because you just got the, uh, um, the Seismitoti X. You're gonna yep. be able to smack somebody with, uh, um, that attack, <laughs> quaking punch. punch, yeah, and then and then they're going to be locked from items, you know, like that's a tell, and that person knows that you're happy, and maybe um, if you can't put it down right away for whatever reason, maybe they're just going to end your hand, and then mm-hmm. you're screwed. Yep, uh, sublime. 
Um, I think it's a really good in addition to learning um, the things that go into play in person. It's a really good opportunity just to um, be a part of the community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Gator. Yeah, and everybody's everybody's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, uh, to add on to your point of the tells and everything, I was playing a game the other day. The guy um, was looking for his Metagross in the deck, couldn't find it. He pulls his prize card after taking one of mine and goes, <gasps> and puts it in his hand. Next turn, I play Anne. <laughs> like, that, that's, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to play in if you get excited about what you pulled out of your prizes. Uh, like, that's just going to happen. is a thing in every trading card game. Um... I don't know about the tells so much. I don't know if you have time to like learn somebody else's tells if you're not playing with them pretty regularly. But I do know that there are some obvious giveaways, and you should just be paying attention because they are paying attention to you. And also, you're gonna you feel differently physically handling the cards. Yep. Like you might feel a little bit more anxious. You might feel a little bit more rushed because you have an actual person there. Um, if your turn's taking a while, you can see him getting impatient. It might, like, goad you to move faster and make you have a misplay. Like, there's a lot that goes into it when you're, you don't realize that you try to do to appease another person when you're playing it. When you're playing it on a computer, it's a, it's digital, it's anonymous, you don't care. When you're in person, there are those, like, personal, interpersonal pressures. I was gonna say, you can go on Pokemon.com and you can find local leagues to you. Um, just type in play Pokemon leagues and it'll, they have a finder and go out and play. Yeah, for sure. And then let's end with what you guys ended when you talked about the competitiveness and the VGC, and it's that you got to watch people play. You got to go online and you got to study. You, It's something that if you really want to be good at it, you can't just play it casually. You have to go to streams. You have to go to channels. You have to read pages. And we are going to suggest that to you right now. One, per, Two personal important ones for me are, number one, if you need information... Pokebeach.com. Pokebeach is an excellent website who's always on top of whatever news is happening. And also, if you subscribe to them, they also have articles which teach you how to play and what's in, in the meta, what people are playing, and what are expected to be able to be played in the future. So it's an excellent source of information for any player, be beginner or master. It definitely is. The other one I recommend is, uh, and I've been hearing this podcast, and I, uh, I know it, you're not supposed to recommend other podcasts, but I really like him. He's called, uh, PTCG Radio. And the Wasi, as he likes to call himself in Twitter, he's an excellent source as well. Uh, he's very, he's been playing Pokemon for years, and he does this stand, uh, standalone radio show where it's just him, and he goes on about what's going on in TCG and what's, What's new? So I also recommend him. He's very well. Any any ones that you want to recommend, guys? Um, oh, he okay. also has a YouTube. So check out his YouTube. Oh yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. He uh, the Wasi has a YouTube. Check out his YouTube. Um, Dark Integral Gaming. I like a lot. He he tends to aim more towards casual play. Um, his decks aren't necessarily like the most like meta, but he still does really interesting deck lists, and they're very modifiable to make them meta. Um, and Omnipoke is another good one. Um, Team Fish Knuckles. Oh, can you hear me now? Team Fish Knuckles? Yeah. You guys hear me? Fine. Yes. Okay. Um, and um, Yellow Swallow. Yellow Swallow? Is another good one. So check those guys out. Excellent. Yellow Swallow. 
That's such a good name. Right? <laughs> I'm jealous I didn't come up with it. Uh, Sublime, any, any ones you want to p- poke on? Gator named everything on my list, so I would just second <laughs> him. Um, the only two I really follow on YouTube are Dark Integral Gaming for Entertainment and Team Fish Knuckles. Yep. And Basket. Um, so there's uh, <laughs> there's another podcast, <laughs> but they only do like 20-minute uh, segments. And uh, uh, when they uh, send out their stuff, sometimes it's, it's kind of spotty anyways. So I'm not too worried about uh, people moving over there. Um, exclusively but uh yeah it's called um experience share and um kenny wisdom uh who was one of the uh um commentators at both nationals and worlds um he's uh the head of that um and he does it with another um another co-host um i think her name is uh sorina sorina i know her yeah yeah, and they're they're both huge in the um uh TCG uh for like uh I guess like in the northwest kind of. Yeah. Um and uh also Not to brag, but the best players are in Northwest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> but yeah, um uh yeah, and so their thing is they go over the meta very very well for the US. Mhm. Um, and more specifically in, uh, uh, in the Northwest. Um, and, uh, um, also I really like, um, uh, the other podcast that, um, uh, Jushiro mentioned because, um, that guy goes over the entire, like the entirety of Europe, like the entirety of Europe's meta that's, uh, that guy talks about. Uh, That's a PTCG radio. Um, I mean... And that's invaluable because we have no way of knowing what's going on. Yeah. Like he's our spy <laughs> to see <laughs> unknownly. <laughs> he's a to sleeper see what agent. The Europeans are doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's definitely great. Um, he's a great source to follow. So we gotta have to cap it there. Unfortunately, uh, the show's not over though. Uh, but we do have to cut it here. Uh, when we come back after these messages, we will go uh to emails and. Top off the episode with Pokemon 15 questions. Um, so hopefully we will have all our current hosts then. But when we record that, uh, if no. not, we might all change. See you after the break. Good day, mates. Want something different? Then come on down to the Raihorn Steakhouse and try our new Southern Carlos-style buffalo wings. Critically acclaimed. And this weekend only, Raihorn Steaks are buy one, get one half off. That's for you and your special someone. Ryehorn Steakhouse is a proud sponsor of the Puckle TCG podcast. And at Ryehorn Steakhouse, where if it moves, we'll serve it. And we are back. And we have my favorite section of the episode, your guys' email. Pokolonian emails are going to be read here today. So let's go ahead and start with those. Uh, Gator, would you like to start with... Um, who's this? Nathan? Looks like Jestern. Jester. Yeah. 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 Alright, hello up cool TCGers. I'm running a deck with three Delphox break and Ooh. need some advice. Last week I noticed that with Delphox on my bench, I can enable an energy discarding card like Imbor EX to hit hard every turn instead of every two or three turns by using Flare Witch and Energy Recycles. That being said, I'm not sure that Imbor EX is the best poke for the job. Do you have any suggestions on hard hitting 
energy-burning Pokemon that I should be using instead. Do you have any tips for the strategy in general? Well, um, running three Delphox Break is quite the challenge, let me tell you. <laughs> Being a stage three, technically, um, it's difficult to get there. But of course, you already know that because by the sound of it, you're already testing this, playtesting this deck. Embord um, EX is a great card. Um, Camerupt EX is another great card, which burns through energy. Um, Camerupt is still in rotation, correct? Yes, yes, it's like the oldest set. Yeah, yeah. In rotation. Primal Clash, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Okay, so that is also a great Pokemon that makes you discard and you do a lot of damage. So that's something to can take, take into consideration. What about you guys? I would suggest, not necessarily discarding, but to capitalize off of uh, Flare Witch anyway, you can actually use Delphox itself, because it has an amazing attack, or Flareon EX. Yep. Yeah, i definitely use Flareon EX. That would be your, like ideal attacker um and if you can i i don't recall is it um delphox break it's drawing six more cards up it's drawing up to six cards in your hand correct with no. um, the regular delphox and then the, break the regular delphox can... is officially out of rotation okay so the break is the one where it's for uh it's an ability you can search your deck for an energy and put it on a pokemon yes okay um I kind of like Volcanion right now as, like, the main fire-type attacker. Oh, yeah. If you're playing fire, you have to play Volcanion. Um, well, you don't necessarily. It depends on if your attacker is a basic or not. Well, yeah, but if he is playing with Flareon or um, the ones that we're talking about right now, with the exception of, of obviously, uh, the break card, mm-hmm. it would apply. So, so that's definitely one that I could do. Um, it, it's, it's, it's usually hard. Like, I mean... What, what are you going to do? Like, I'd say run a Volcanion with Steam Artillery going off. That's 100. Throw a Fighting Fury Belt on it. That's 110 every turn. You're knocking out a Shaman for three Fire Energy, and then you can charge up whatever you want. So, yeah. it's And uh, like Sublime said, uh, Del- if you already got to the point where you have Delphox break on the field, then you have Delphox. And Delphox attack is really powerful. I mean, it's 20... For each energy in play, including your opponents. Yeah, like all the energy. All energy. So Delphox can hit hard. The problem with Delphox, and we've discussed this before, is the getting to Delphox, right? It's the evolution. Fire doesn't have any evolution acceleration, unfortunately. So it's it's just hard to get there. A lot of setup. But other but than that... But if you're playing it, it's a good attacker to begin with. Correct. So what, once you get there, it's a very powerful card. It can deal a lot of damage. So it's definitely that's one option to go. I hope that that clears up, Jester. Thank you so much for your email. Um, you're the best. So let's just move on to the next one, um, and it's from I can't tell. Oh, Sentient Pokeball. Uh, Sublime, would you take this one? Certainly. Hello, fellow TCG players. Sentient Pokeball here. Since the last mailbag where I said that I would be starting the TCG online soon, I have started playing and become completely addicted to this game. You're welcome. While watching the TCG World stream, I decided uh, to try my hand at the online game in between the matches. I managed to pull a Shaman EX from the tutorial. Oh my gosh, that's so lucky. Holy crap. Wow, wow, wow. 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 You're a <laughs> I'm set up to do well. You're the Ash yeah. <laughs> I suddenly am very aware of all the people who hate me for this. That's nah, all good. And pull <laughs> no, the Volcanion EX from the Steam Siege um, 
blister packs that I bought with tokens. I'm still cleaning up the last of the trainer challenges to get uh, 10 more boosters and some tokens, and I'm also trying to get the great rewards on the versus ladder. Um, I have a question for you, TCG experts on the show. What is the best use of my tokens? Are there any particular theme decks I should buy for copies of certain cards? I was looking at the Xerneas theme deck for getting Xerneas, um, Geomancy Xerneas and starting to build a Xerneas break deck. And similarly, the Wave Slasher one for Greninjas. Are there any other must-have cards in certain decks? Should I keep buying Steam Siege blisters for the booster packs uh, plus promo cards, or should I focus on something like Roaring Skies to get more Shaman? I think this email will be accurately timed for your How to Get Into the TCG episode. It was! Looking forward to hearing all of your responses. Thank you so much, Henty and Pokeball. Uh, Gator, would you like to start this one? Okay, so in my experience, there's there's a couple ways of going at it. Um, as you know, anything you buy with tokens is going to be um, locked. locked. So yeah. if you pull those packs and you get a Shaman and you want to trade that Shaman, that's too bad. That's going to be your Shaman to use. Um, I went ahead and bought um, the, the, um, the trainer decks just because I wanted to have more versatility. Plus, like you said, uh, you get to unlock all those cards too. And if you are interested in building that Xerneas build, why not grab a Xerneas right off the bat? Um, I think that in the long run, your tokens are better spent on doing like the, um, what is it, the uh, ticket challenge, the 89 tokens to get your your tickets and then hopping into stuff to get packs. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's one way you can look at after you've exhausted all of your trainer decks because you're going to get a lot of tokens. Like, it's really yeah. easy. It's very like, shiny. today, I started with, like, 100 tokens last night, and I saw that they released that um, uh, Xerneas deck box, deck sleeves, and coin, and I was like, yep, I need this. Um, yeah. <laughs> because I just finished that Xerneas deck, and I grinded out 800 coins, like, no problem. Mm-hmm. So it's, once you, yeah, go ahead, buy your theme decks. I don't. I wouldn't worry about grinding the packs. But that's just my opinion. Yep, for sure. Uh, Basket, you have something? Yeah, um, I just say um, theme decks. In my opinion, um, that's the way to go for um, uh, spending your money on cards um, because um, you can know exactly what you're getting, um, and uh, there's a lot of them with. Um, and I, I think I think they cost like around six hundred or something like that. Like that. Five hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're like five hundred, and you'll knock out five hundred tokens in like no time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're yeah for for getting like the um, uh, the supporters and the item cards you need and everything like that. They're pretty much invaluable in that in like online. Um, in the real world, they're you know they're more they're more expensive, so they're like um, not such a good way to get um, individual cards that you need, like trainers and supporters. But inside PTCGO, it's a fantastic way. Yep. Sublime. I agree with the deck lists or the theme decks that you mentioned buying. I've always been a big supporter of the Xerneas um, theme deck when it first came out because it gave you so many valuable cards. It gave you Fairy Garden. It gave you Xerneas. I Uh, I made sure to buy a couple before it rotated out. I hope it's still available. Um, But if you got it, then all the more power to you because it gives you a lot of really good cards for Fairy type. Um, A lot of those have rotated out. Like, it gave you an Aromatisse. Yeah. Um... 
which no longer matters. But it but gives the, you two Xerneas. The Shauna you pull is still legal. Like, yeah. you got other stuff that comes in it. Yeah, and I totally agree with the guys uh, on that aspect. Your tokens are best spent either on tickets, like Gator says. Uh, also, on theme decks boosters, I would hold on on that until you actually get real boosters. Not by buying, but like Gator said as well, if you participate tournaments. in tournaments, you get, you know, quote, in, in quote, out quote, uh, real boosters, which those cards can be traded in uh, to other people. Now... Yeah, buying buying boosters online is just a horrible, horrible, horrible idea. Like on on the actual PTCGO. Um, yeah, you don't want to waste. Even if your- you have them to burn. Yep. I will also wait if you can, because soon the uh, Keldio EX battle box is going to be revealed. I don't know the price on that and how much it's going to be, but I'm sure that a digital version must be available. Uh, and that one includes lots of good trainers, such as Via Seeker. It has Keldeo EX, which is not in rotation, but still a great card. And has a, quite a few cards that are well worth our time. Yeah, hopefully it's that Octillery in it. Um, it has Octillery, yeah. We don't know which one yet, but uh, it has a an Octillery. So. Great, well, same team, Pokeball. Thank you so much for emailing in. You're the best. Uh, and let's move on to the last email we have. And this one is from Woody himself. And he says... Hey, Jush and guests, my mailbox question is how prominent is Fairy Dex right now? Ooh, Gator, this is up your alley. Uh, what makes them good? Uh, question mark. And then he says a lot of them on the PTGCO. Uh, and, well, let's finish that one first. Um, right. What do you think, Gator? <laughs> well, Fairy for Fairy Dex, uh, Fairy like, I'm, I'm running, I'm running, I've got two Fairy Dex. I've got two of them in real life. I've got one of them, um, in real life on PTCGO, like I, I just finished cloning it last night, so I can play with that deck wherever I want, whenever I want, digital and online. So the thing about Fairy Decks is Fairy Garden, like Basket was saying, because it's so good because it's free retreat. So you have this ability with um, the deck I'm running is uh, Xerneas Break with Giratina, and you can just swap out whatever attacker is doing best, doing the most work for you. Like, if you want to swing in Giratina and lock down Mega Evolutions, perfect. If something's stopping you from using EX Pokemon, swing in Xerneas Break and start knocking them out. So, that, that's, that's the trick with Fairy. They have, they're, they're tricksters, they're pranksters, just like in the video game. Yep. So, um, the other prominent Fairy deck right now is, uh, Mega Gardevoir. And Mega Gardevoir has two different Megas that do two different things. And you can play mind games with people and you don't, they don't know whether you're gonna use the one that does uh, 30 damage for every fairy you are... Uh, is it fairy energy or every energy you have? Fairy, fairy energy. Fairy. It's fairy energy. So they whatever they're attached to, it does Brilliant Arrow and knocks you out. Or there's one that's Despair Ray, where they can supercharge their 110 attack already by discarding a, a Pokemon off the bench. And so if something's injured, they can bring it back to the bench, discard it for that attack. You don't get the knockout for it, but they get to hurt you harder. Um... And then the rogue deck that's taking over right now is <laughs> called Rainbow Road. Um, yeah. It's it saw the price of um, this Xerneas from the Breakthrough set. It's got this uh, ability. It's got a move called Rainbow Force for uh, two uh, fairies and a colorless. You can do um, ten plus thirty times um, the amount of different types you have on your bench. So what people are doing with that is they're using the dual types that just came out and the basic types and using Skyfield to extend their bench to make it swing in for well over 200 
and easily knocking out EXs, Mega Pokemon, and it's pretty cheap deck to build. So that's why Fairy's prominent right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it works well with what's like super strong with the game. Like my deck the matchup against Mega Rayquaza is pretty solid. I played several of those uh, last night and they rocked it. So if you're looking at Fairy, that's kind of what's go- happening right now. But Mega Scizor, we talked about a little bit amongst the co-host, is getting a lot of attention. So that yep. could definitely put a hampering on any kind of Fairy decks out there. Yeah. Because it, like you said, it's the matter what depend, depend, um, determines what's good right now. And right now, Fairy... Uh, has a few decks and it's been being really prominent after the rotation. So Steel might get a big boost just because of that. Mm-hmm. That's how Night March, other than that, might had a thousand reasons why it was good. But it was because the main <laughs> at that time, the main decks were Mega Rayquaza and Ivelta, and Night March just checked them both. Yeah, because of the Joltik being able to hit for double damage on it, right? Yep. Oh, perfect. Any other words? Root, um, I would say that Woody can do whatever he wants because he's Woody. <laughs> that is That's true. true. Woody's <laughs> going to show up with like three Yu-Gi-Oh cards and an Uno card in his deck and still win. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's definitely what's going to happen. So he has a part two, though, and it says, If I was going to make an in-real-life in deck, uh, should I try and go bit by bit and slowly buy powerful decks? like Mega Rayquaza, or use cheap builds and try those out. Well, really depends on what you're aiming for. If you're looking for competitive decks, as we discussed in our last topic, just go with a great deck list and just buy all the cards that you need. If you have the money, just go ahead. Um, Because at this point, I mean, you've been playing for a while. We know that since, you know, all the way back to uh, Nationals. Pokecon. Uh, so you get the gist of the rule set. You have your fundamentals. So go ahead and build a tier one deck, right? Go ahead and, and build a Mega Rayquaza, an Ivelta deck, or one of those uh, uh, fairy decks. And just uh, build those and see how it goes. It might be a little bit more expensive, but it's well worth it. This is what I want to aim at Woody, too. Like, I've seen you buy in the boosters, guy. Like, I know... Yeah. I know how much money you're willing to drop on Pokemon. I know it's not <laughs> as fun to not crack the packs, but you can drop like a hundred bucks and make a solid, solid yeah, deck. A powerful um, deck. Oh yeah, a very powerful deck. Again, you're going to drop another. What is it? Shamans are up to sixty-five, seventy now. Yeah. So you're going to have to yeah, drop seventy dollars, like, man. Twice that to get uh, two more cards in the deck. But like, they're not getting rotated out until next September. Mm-hmm. So. And maybe yeah, it, they get reprinted, so... It's possible. Anything else? Any last words, guys? I'm a big supporter of the Mega Gardevoir deck. Yeah, yeah that one's really coming good. back. Another one that we didn't mention, mainly because the main attacker is not Fairy itself, is uh, Mega Mewtwo. Because that's Mega no Mewtwo longer is... existent. Oh, because Aromatis. It's, uh, that was the whole purpose. Yeah, that's your... Womp womp to Scrawn, because <laughs> that was his deck. <laughs> But it's still good on uh, extended, so. So that is for the mailbag. Thank you so much for writing in, you guys. Uh, we really love hearing from you and answering your questions, and we try to do our best with what we have. But the show's not over yet, because after these following messages, we come back to return, finally, of Pokemon 15 questions. And we have a great suggestion, so stay tuned, guys. We'll see you right back. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? 
Do you experience feelings of confusion in your basement or attic? Have you or your family ever seen a pumpkaboo, haunter, or ghastly? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and call the professionals. Ghost, Ghost, Ghost catchers. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your ghost-type elimination needs. We're, We're ready, ready to, to relieve you. you. And we are back, and we have none other than Pokemon 15 Questions, the original game show game uh, on Puckle. And Woo-hoo! yeah, we have a suggestion, and we have three of our wonderful co-hosts here who's going to try to guess what Pokemon is that was suggested. Of course, the suggestions came from... Uh, give me a second while it loads. Because for Swinna. some reason, it's no it's longer... <laughs> okay, so we have here Riverwoods. Riverwoods suggested a Pokemon, and we'll do this Pokemon right now. Uh, so you all know, you guys know the rules. Uh, lower those browsers. No internet involved. We also, Kiki also cannot not say, uh, ask anything about numbers and to make it even more challenging about generations either. No! <laughs> really fast That's too far. Start. That's too far. Really fast before we start, though, it can't be anything that hasn't been in a game already, right? So, like, n- none of, like, the 7th gen. Yeah, no, no 7th okay. gen, correct. No 7th gen Pokemon. Um, no uh, no anime exclusive for whatever reason. If there's a right. version of Pokemon from anime. And if it's a form, I'll allow any... Uh, any you know, as long as you mention the, the name of the Pokemon, it doesn't matter if, the, okay. if it's the form. Cool deal. Okay. And, yeah, we were going to start that. Of course, the order is going to be Basket, Sublime, and Gator. So let's start right now. Pokemon 15 questions starts now. Basket. Okay. Is it a water or... Oh, wait. Go ahead. I was going to say, is it a water or grass Pokemon? Nope. Uh, Next one, Sublime. Is this a Pokemon that's a part of an evolution line? Yes. Gator. Is this a first stage of the evolution line Pokemon? When you say first stage, do you mean like, like card game or? No, I mean like like is it is it the base Pokemon or is it stage one or stage like I'm asking is it is it base? <laughs> no. Okay. Is it what comes out of an egg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the, yeah. The good, good, good. <laughs> okay. Uh, basket. All right. Um, is it? The middle stage evolution. No. So we know it's the final evolution. Yep. Um, let's see. Is this... I typed down our notes (laughs) so I know what we know. So it's not water or grass. It's part of an evolution chain and it's the final evolution. Mm -hmm. Um, is this Pokemon part flying or part normal? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, does this Pokemon have a Mega Evolution? No. Basket. Is it? Uh, you guys should I should I narrow it down to find out if it's part flying or part uh, normal? I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Okay. Is it part normal? Yes. Sublime. Um. See, it's a final evolution normal type. Uh, uh, 
is this Pokemon? Uh, Here, really, really fast. So, part of a three type, a uh, three stage evolution, or just the two? Oh, I'm sorry, that's not the way to ask it. Um, is this part? Is this final evolution part of a chain that evolved twice? I'm not following. Okay, so for example, you have something like Rattata that evolves only once, yeah. but then you have something like Pidgey that evolves twice. Is this a Pokemon that was evolved twice? Correct. Okay, so it's part of a three stage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Gator. Um, is this Pokemon a dual type? There's a racket going on there. <laughs> Sounds like ice. Is it a dual type? Um, no. Uh, okay, so what do we got so far, guys? It's not water, it's not grass, it's a normal type, correct? And then, um... Oh, by the way, you're question 11 now, so... Okay, and how okay, so th- let's think what we got. We got, like, slaking, um... What else? That's, that's what I was three. thinking. <laughs> Explode. Explode. Oh, yes. Is there any other three-stage normal? Um, yes. Um, what's that doggy from Black and White? Stoutland? Oh, yeah, Stoutland. Oh, yeah, Lil- Lillipup. That one, yeah, Stoutland. Um, there must be more. There have to be. I'm sure there's more. Porygon Z? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, um, how do we want to narrow that down, though? Togekiss? Although Togekiss is normal flying, is the thing. Um, was this a dual well, type? Did someone ask that? Yes, they already, they already yeah, I already asked. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's not. No, it's, it's a so it's type. pure normal. Yep. All right. Uh, this is a. Let's Can this see, Pokemon um, be found in the United? Wait, 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 wait! It's basket turn. Oh, it's basket's yeah. turn. Okay. Um. I mean, you can tell basket to ask that question if you want. <laughs> I guess. Uh, okay. Um. Is this a? Okay. Uh, go go over the ones that we have. Really fast. Of the uh, Pokemon we've listed so far? Yeah, yeah. Slacking, Exploud, Stoutland, Porygon Z. Okay. So, can this Pokemon be found in the original Gen 3 game? What? No, uh, no Gen question, sorry. Oh. Well, he's not asking if it's like Heart Gold or So Silver. He's asking if it can be found in Ruby, Sapphire, or Emerald. Yeah. Um... Like, so, yeah. The first time we visited the Hoenn region. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Without actually, it's you're not asking if it's part of that generation. You're just asking. I'm just if you yeah, can correct. I'm just asking if you it's can. Find Hoenn. It. Is that allowed? Can we ask those kinds of questions? I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. No, because I think we should be able to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, well, region questions I'll allow it because regions can have Pokemon from other generations. Yeah. So I'm gonna say no. So it was not found in there. No. Okay. All right, then so that narrowed down a lot. Was this a Pokemon that was found in Unova in black and white? Mm-hmm. Explain found. It's the exact same thing that... But in, but in Unova. Yes. Um, but in the wild, or it's just available? In the, like, no. through the main course of the game, in no. the wild. No? Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Before... Before anybody else goes, Last okay. Three so, questions. Um, it was the uh, we have two left, right? Three questions left. Three left. Okay. All right. So basically, um, which which Pokemon that were final 
um, normal evolutions did we knock out? We knocked out, like, Slay Stoutland, Exploud, and Slay King. <laughs> no, Stoutland's in, um... He's in Gen 5. Yeah, he's he? in Unova region. I just... But didn't, uh... The way you worried answer, it, it, you can't... I don't think you can, like, catch a Stoutland, but you can... Oh, I see one. what you're saying. Okay. You sure might be being tricky. <laughs> you catch on pretty quick, Gator. <laughs> That's why you have to be really careful. Because we're talking about this Pokemon, not the previous versions. So it's Gen... So it's, <laughs> so it's Gen 5. So it's either Stoutland uh, or Porygon Z, is what we've yeah. narrowed it down to. Well, is... Could there be... I'm sure there's more Stage 2 or Final Evolutions of Normal types than that, right? Um, not... I don't think that have... This is a Stage 2, technically, these days. Uh... But it was, it wouldn't have shown up in Nova, would it? Mm, but wasn't the answer to that question no? It doesn't show up in Unova? Yeah, it was. That was, that was the answer. It doesn't show up. It doesn't show up in the wild. Alright, so Blissey's a possibility. Um, right, because you have Happy, Chansey, Blissey. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Um, oh, oh! What if you ask a question about its color? <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> half of those well, are pink and half of them are brown. Go for it, Sublime. All right. Is this Pokemon pink? Yes. Aha! <laughs> uh, Gator. Um. No, wait. Before you go, I'm saying it's pink. All shades of pink. Don't. I'm. I'm not good in color, so if it's fuchsia or any other of those colors, I am sorry. I don't follow those. <laughs> does so, this Pokemon... To me, it's pink. Does this Pokemon learn Tri-Attack? Yes. Ha-ha! <laughs> we got it! So got last question, you gotta use it. Basket! Alright. Is it Porygon Z? <laughs> yes, it is. Congratulations, <laughs> guys. Uh, I think my color specification... Helped, didn't it? <laughs> yes. Well, because... no, like, knowing it was pink narrowed it down to Blissey or Porygon Z for me. Okay. Yeah, because it's like, I don't know if that's pink or fuchsia or whatever the thousand I mean, like, colors that might be. A ton of normal <laughs> types are pink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys got a lot of brown. Wigglytuff? Oh, but that's dual type, though, now. Yep. Uh, Fables, like, so it's, is a fairy. Lake King's yeah, not pink. It's brown. Um, Stoutland's yeah. not pink. Is brown, right? So you're either pink or you're brown. Those are your choices. Exploud's okay. <laughs> purple, isn't he? Who? He's like bluish, palish, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't call him pink. Yeah. So thank you so much, River Woods, for that suggestion. You almost stumped them. You got them to the last question. So that was so close. I had, We just found maybe what needed to be done. Get rid of the generation questions. That's such an important question to ask. I but feel robbed. I no, feel cheated. You won. <laughs> See, what do you mean? <laughs> just a generation, I mean, generation, you're narrowing it down to like 100 Pokemon. Yeah. So that's kind of like sketch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without the generation, this is actually Well, Gator's there's like 700 Pokemon. Actually, that's so. totally legit. That was Gator's recommendation. So if you're going to hate on him, on anyone, hate on Gator. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think it was a good call. It'll make it harder. Yep. So thank you so much for staying tuned, guys. Uh, Basket, thank you so much no for being problem. with us. Uh, and welcome to the team. Uh, Sublime, like yeah. always, it's a pleasure to have you. Yes, it is. <laughs> and also, welcome to the team, Gator. Of course, veteran Black Council member, but new to the TCG cast team. 
welcome and, and I'll be glad to have you, you in almost every episode that we can. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate so th- it, guys. Before we go, please, listeners, if you can, follow us on Twitter at Paco Podcast. Like us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash PuckoCast. Subscribe us. Subscribe to Reddit at Reddit slash Puckle. Uh, Tumble us in Tumblr. That's how the kids say it right now. <laughs> Follow uh, us on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to review us on iTunes. This one's important. Every month, if you guys want this show to become every two months, let us know at iTunes. Give you mean one. twice a month, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> you don't mean every two months. <laughs> so, two yeah. times per month. <laughs> if you uh, want to hear less of us. <laughs> and thank and you, you for will. enduring my uh, English, by the way. And of course, if you can, if you have money to spare, if you want to help us support Puckle and make it just a better community and a better podcast, donate us at Puckle, um, sorry, Patreon.com. Or you can also do a single-time donation at PuckleCast, Pokemon. PucklePodcast.com at the donate button. And of course, join us in PucklePodcast.com for our discussions and come in, hang out with us. We have live chat meetups every twice a month as well. So go yeah, see if, us there. If you're listening to this on Thursday when it's getting released, we have a chat box meetup this coming Monday. So Perfect. The yeah. second Monday of every month and the last Friday of every month. Come out to the chat box and we will hang out with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you all for joining us. And until next time, it's now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.